to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. From a trash heap, he was four hours old. It's all on there on certain stories there. And uh, we have impacted nine million lives in uh, this stage of our life. So we farm big time with vegetables. And uh, we've got two drug rehabs, one for ladies, one for men. Very successful. Awesome testimonies. Everything we do is a tool to get the harvest into the kingdom. So pray for us. We've got a project that now in the winter that we want to buy uh, raincoats and boots for the children. People ask me, and I put it on the earlier uh, time that we spoke on the DVD or video, uh, does South Africa get cold? Very cold. They normally ask me two questions. Why aren't you black? Because my parents put me in Clorox and paint me with PVA. Number two... Does Africa get cold? Very cold. There's snow on the mountains, and we're right in the basin where the two oceans meet, so it gets below freezing point there. And uh, now this is the awesome story. 30,000 people dies daily in South Africa, a nation of 55 million people. 14 million people last year did not eat daily. Now the new stats, you can Google it, is 20 million. 18,000 people. People dies in that nation that was so prosperous once upon a time, daily of malnutrition and hunger. 5,460 people dies of AIDS daily. And that's why the gospel of Jesus Christ, you can never spell gospel without the word go. You cannot even spell God's name without the word go. Because when it's involved about the kingdom business, it's all about going. So I want to read a scripture, and I won't keep you long tonight. And thank you for the awesome opportunity. Greetings from South Africa. And uh, a precious lady came and asked me, she said, are you people having Christmas now? I say, why? She said, because you're in winter. I said, no, ma'am. We have the same day Christmas when all the rest of the world have Christmas. She couldn't understand the thing. So uh, uh, South Africa needs your prayers. As you pray for that nation, God raise up prayer warriors to pray for this nation. Second Corinthians chapter 5. And I want to use the scripture in verse number 17. And I want to quickly speak for a few minutes because the question... In our minds. Now, I'm serving God 43 years, been in ministry 38 years, pastor of that present church 33 years. And uh, the question from time to time, and there was opportunities, maybe not in America, comes up in your mind. 
what is my purpose to be on the face of the earth? Now, normally we don't ask the question when the roses come and there's chocolates and the candles float on the bathtub water. It happens when there's drought and winter and conditions and you go through a situation that you ask yourself that question. Now, because we did not create ourselves, we don't have the answer. We need to go to the manual of life that can tell us what was the very reason that God ordained for us to live in the century and in the time frame that we are in right now. Now, God never created us only to get an education, to get married, to get old, and to die. He created us for a divine plan. You were called. And because you were called, you were justified and glorified. God had you in his mind for an awesome plan. You did not pitch up on the face of the earth and God said, Oh my Lord, what am I going to do with this person? No, God has formed you. My Lord, he, he, he planned you before you were even in your mother's womb. And then while you were there, he told Jeremiah, he said, I've called you to be a prophet to the nations. Come on, somebody. Now, now one thing that I've learned on my short journey with the Lord, the, the Bible tells us about our position. The Gospels speak about the function why Jesus came. And then we start paging through the letters. And the letters warns us as we travel on life's journey that there's a possibility that we can develop a condition that will hinder us to live out our position. Help me somebody. Now 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. Paul addressed the church in Corinth and he's got some powerful information. Now we live in a generation and in a time where everybody wants to be apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists and pastors and if they're not satisfied they become bishops and then they become kings. In my country they make people kings. I still don't understand what is the function of these things because those are not ministries they are offices there's only one ministry and each and every one of us has received this ministry this is also the only ministry that makes angels rejoice that brings heaven in uproar when we function in this ministry. And Paul says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. The moment when you said yes to God, you immediately qualify for this powerful ministry of reconciliation. Help me somebody. Nobody needs to 
to teach you. It's an automatic thing that comes in. I'm not against. I said we need information. We need, my Lord, revelation knowledge. What I mean, the moment you, one night a sinner, you gave your heart to the Lord, the next morning you had the work on fire because you told everybody, Dick, Tom, Harry, Sue, Sally, and the Chihuahua, that you gave your heart to the Lord. And if they don't repent, they're going in some other place. Because that's the ministry God has given us. Dr. Kenneth Ulmer, who had to do a doctorate in theology, applied at the university. He's pastoring at the moment a 14,000 membership church in California. When he got the information what the test is going to be about and his thesis, he said, I know it all. I'm not going to attend no class. I don't have time. A month before he needs to submit and do the exam, he went to the library and started doing some research. He wrote the exam. The examination paper came back. Comments. Good paper. Good content. But a big F. You fail. Red ink. Wrong assignment. The church on the face of the earth can show you good paper, good content. Come on, family, help me tonight. But we are busy with the wrong assignment because the assignment of God is all about the lost and the dying. My Lord, the, the widow, the orphan, help me somebody. And the elderly is in 2013 on God's agenda. My Lord, I, I pastor and you've heard how many services we do a day. I've told the people, I said, we give God all the credit. But we stingy with the cash. Because, my Lord, listen, family, when it comes to the things of the kingdom of heaven, and here Paul says he has given us this ministry. Now, verse number 19, to wit, that God was in Christ reconciled the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now, then, we are, not will be. We are already the moment when we receive Jesus. We are. What are we? Ambassadors for Christ. What's ambassador? Ambassador is a representative from another nation into another nation. Now, if we are, the scripture says we are in this world, but not from this world. Come on, somebody. That means tonight we're from another kingdom. Disciples came to Jesus and said, teach us how to pray. Not how to preach, not how to prophesy. Not teach us how to pray. Important factor. And Jesus taught them the prayer that our parents taught us. Our Father which art in heaven. They came to a certain portion in that prayer. Let thy kingdom come. Now he tells me how, as it is in heaven, let it be done on earth. Who's God going to use? He's not going to use the angels to manifest the kingdom. Paul addressed the church in Rome. Creation is waiting. Waiting on what? Christians figure out who's the Antichrist. 
The world doesn't understand that terminology. They are waiting for the revealing of the true sons of God. Who are they? Romans 8 tells me, he says, those who are led by the Spirit, capital S, Holy Spirit, are the sons of God. And family, this is the key. As we travel on this journey, there's a real devil outside this building. I promise you it's not your wife, it's not your husband, and it's not your mother-in-law. There's an enemy out there that's on one mission. He wants to kill, steal, and to destroy. He fears you more than what you fear him. He's afraid. Jesus used the parable of the sower. He said the sower went out to sow the word. Pastor, sow the word every Sunday here. But listen, he says, the thief comes when? Immediately. To do what? To steal the word. Now, Jesus made a, a comment on that. He said, if you don't understand this parable, you understand nothing. There's a thief. He's behind this thing. Why? Because revelation knowledge, the heart beat of God. The kingdom of God is about principles. What am I sharing? I'm sharing principles. What does principles do? Principles position me. And when I'm positioned, God take me out of my present season into the fresh climate, hallelujah, that needs to manifest on the face of the earth. And that's why scripture is telling me, my God, he says, we are not ignorant with the devices of the enemy. Peter says, resist, not assist. He said, resist. Many Christians assist the devil. He says, resist the devil. What will happen? He will flee from you. Because, my Lord, years ago I was a mortician. I had mortician businesses, funeral homes. I was so good in my business, people died to do business with me. And I was the last friend to let you down. I've buried politicians, ambassadors, pastors, wealthy multimillionaires, and the poorest of the poor. And the great awakening was you take nothing to the other side. The acting president of South Africa was a church member, he was the ambassador to Washington, D.C., Dr. Pete Kurenhoff. And when Dr. P died a few years ago, we were a handful of people at his funeral. And I thought, this is how life's journey is. Genesis 1, God created us in his image, his likeness. And then he gave us the two powerful tools, weapons, how you can conquer every situation that you will ever face in life. I said, they can drop me on an island. I will erect a church there. Why? Because inside of you is the rich deposit. Not the double portion. The fullness is inside of you. 
The fullness of the Holy Spirit, the fullness of God, live bodily on the inside of you. And if the same Spirit that rose Jesus from the dead is on the inside of you, it will quicken this mortal body. God made the choice. I know if I was God, I wouldn't choose me. But God, in his wisdom, has decided. And now Satan is afraid. You will use what you have so that you can get what you want. If you don't use what you have, you cannot get what you want. Now, now here is the thing. God said, I've given you authority, dominion, jurisdiction. And I gave you seed. Authority, the psalmist cries out. The high heavens belongs to God and he has given the earth to the children of men. So what's my function on the face of the earth? I'm God's ambassador. You're not, I don't care, you can have great one small break education. If you are born again, you are God's ambassador. You can live on the street. If you are born again, you are God's ambassador. Because people and Christians are only living in three levels in life. Most people, 80% of the Christendom lives on survival mode. Survival mode means almost. We always wait for almost. The price Jesus paid was not for almost. There's a small group living in success. We define success. The cars we've got. The money in the bank. Do I have rubies in my teeth or diamonds? Come on, people. We in the neighborhood we live. I know very famous people that's successful but not significant. I was with James Bond, 007, Sean Connery, Brother Gary and myself on the Bahamas. He's 83 this year. He's a zillionaire, but he's not significant. Everybody said he's successful. He drinks like a fish. He curses like a sailor. And he hates the Queen of England. He hopes she's going to die because he's only living for Ireland to come independent. And I left the island that day sad. The only thing I can do for you, Mr. Connery, is pray. And I'm praying for him. Success can let you sit with your feet in the hot tub and you want to blow out your brains. Success can let you have everything, but you can cook the Jack Daniels, have communion until there's nothing left over because we were created for this great assignment. God could have chosen angels. 
He passed Gabriel and Michael. And every other heavenly being. Psalmist Christ of Psalm 103. They hearken immediately to the voice of God. We say, is it you, Lord? Is it the devil? Or is it myself? They immediately hearken. God passed them. And he believed in you, lovey. He believed in you, precious. He believed we can. Satan's assignment is to make out of you an emotional orphan or a spiritual orphan. If you don't have a spiritual house, you are a spiritual orphan. And God doesn't use orphans. He uses a family. He takes orphans and put them in a family. The younger brother was in a condition. He was emotional orphan. Or a spiritual orphan. But the older brother was emotional orphan. Because his priorities was in the wrong place. Ambassadors. Representatives. You're the only Bible that most people will read. Love is never love. Until it's demonstrated. I said earlier, a song is never a song until you sing it. A bell is never a bell until you ring the thing. Same with love. When Paul addressed Timothy, he said, appoint not anointed people. God can anoint a fool. He will never promote a fool, but he can anoint a fool. He said, find me faithful people. Because it's the faithful people that will abound in blessings. Number two, Revelation chapter four, he has made us kings. When the baby is born after nine months and his head comes out, the medical profession calls it his crown. Psalm 8. What is mankind that you think about him? You have made him lesser than a heavenly being and you have crowned him with honor and glory. Satan is afraid that you're going to discover your kingly position. On the face of the earth. What does a king do? A king rule. Centurion said. My servant is sick. Jesus said take me. He said no. I'm a man of authority. I understand authority. If I say go. They go. If I say come. They come. Because God has placed you on the face of the earth. To rule as a king. Take charge. I have given you power and authority and dominion over the works of the enemy. That nothing will harm you. You've got that ability. Everything you need to make it to be significant in life is already inside of you. The problem is we live from the outside 
and not from the inside out. My mind's voice is reason. I want to reason everything. My flesh voice is feeling. I feel. There's mornings that I, my body say, this is what's happening. I say, I'm not asking you how I'm feeling. I'm telling you how I'm feeling. I buy stripes, I'm healed. I'm getting out. I'm going to complete the assignment of the Lord. Lord, today you're going to do something marvelous on the face of the earth. Please make me part of it. Because a king is in a position. Genesis 3, God made the promise he prophesied. He will restore you back in a better position through the power of the seed than what Adam and Eve ever could be because you've got the blood. Listen, family. Exercise that authority. So my children is going haywire. Say, no, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a representative of heaven. Devil, you take your hands off Susie and Sally and Johnny and Peter. In the I don't care where they are. I don't care. Holy Spirit, in the name of Jesus, arrest them where they are. I call it in hallelujah. Use your authority as a king to speak in the spirit dimension. He has made you a priest. Because Revelation says he has made us kings and priests. Peter says we are a royal priesthood. What does a priest do? A priest got access. You don't need to go through Mother Mary or whoever. You go direct. You've got access in the throne room. You say, Jesus, and he said, what do you want me to do? You've got liberty. Why? Because inside of you live resurrection power. Exercise. What does a priest do? A priest in the old covenant stood between God and the people. And then he stands between the people and God. God, they need water. He said, hit the rock. God says, Moses, I want you to tell the people. People, this is what Jehovah God is saying. Priestly anointing. You've got a priestly anointing. Why? Because God has called you to be an atmosphere changer. A history maker, a planet shaker on the face of the earth. Come on, people. Life is not boring to be a Christian. It's an awesome journey. And then he has made you a prophet. Not a parking lot prophet or a pavement prophet. A person who can prophesy the word over your life. I am what the word says I am. The world may say something. The doctor says something. The bank manager says something. My Lord, but the word says I am a champion, an overcomer. Speak the word. God never asks you how you feel. He tells you what you need to believe. Because what excites God is my faith. I came here of the Pentecostal circles here of the 60s. Ladies wear buns and hats. 
Modern ones only wear, once that time it was buns and ads. They don't shave their armpits. It grows out here. They turn it into a bun under their arm. That's why some of them walk like this. They use them at the body repair shop to get the paint off the old vehicle because their leg hair is so long. We never cast our demons. I I was a Pentecostal pastor for years. We never cast our demons in the name of Jesus. We just show the devil our wives. Then the devil flee automatically. Tell your life where you're going and where you are. Because this is the key point and I'm closing. As we travel in life, we pick up pain. Pain, if you don't deal with it, will shout louder than the voice of God. Some of you know my story in 2008. There's Pastor Mark and Pastor Nancy. Their daughter was murdered in Popeyes in Walker. They wrote a book. They ministered, pastor at church. They can tell you the most awesome people sharing unforgiveness. I lost our oldest son, 28 years of age. Married eight months, died. Children's mother ended up in a wheelchair. Her short-term memory is wiped out. If you've ever seen the movie Notebook, that's how we live. I had pain. And then the Lord started dealing with me. Good stuff if you don't deal with your pain. You're going to develop a condition that will hinder you to live out your position as ambassador, king, priest, and prophet. What do you mean? With these ministries. This is the key. Jesus made the statement in the book of John. He says, just as my father has sent me, I send you. What was his mission? To reconcile the world back to God. What's our mission? Revelation 4 says... Now's the answer because I'm coming to the manual of life to answer me. Why am I here? Now we sang a song. I don't know if they still sing it in the modern churches, but we sang it. I, that's one of our theme songs with all the modern things. Thou art worthy, O Lord. For thou hast created all things. And all things has been created for thy pleasure. Family, when you have developed a condition that hinders you with your position, get somebody that can agree with you that you will overcome the condition 
Because know it is God is not a murderer. God doesn't put sickness on you. God doesn't give you the calamity of financial conditions. No, 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 no. There's an enemy. He tries to hinder you to live out in significance. He doesn't care if you are in survival. He doesn't care if you are successful. He doesn't want you to move in that next dimension of the significance. Hallelujah. Why? Because you are the key to somebody's door. You are the answer for somebody's prayer. You are the solution for somebody's condition. Hallelujah. Outside this building, people are waiting for you. The capacity or the strength of the church is never the seating capacity. It's the sending capacity. God in the Old Testament, the king died. And the voice came, whom shall I send? And whom shall go? And when that voice came, excuses is as old as in Bible times. The first question asked on creation on the face of the earth, the very first question was, where are you? This is the thing. God has called you. God has placed you in the body as he has desired. And when you are placed in this body here. You are here to help lift up the body of Christ. Because the letter was not written to the global body. It was written to the local church in Ephesus. Some people got revelation. A man came to me and said, I've got the revelation. The local church no longer is of any worth. It's the prostitute of the book of Revelation. He said, we belong to the invisible church. I said, when you die, get the invisible pastor then to bury you. Because you cannot belong to the head and you are not part of the body because the head and the body is one. Now scripture tells me Jesus invite people to the feast and everyone had an excuse. One of the translators went so far and he I like the East translation. He says, force them to come in because I want my house full. In my country, we live where more than a million Muslims lives where I am. They're the power people. Fridays. It can be the end of the month, the beginning of the month. They don't care. They close their businesses at noon. They open it after three. Thousands of them go to the mosque. Now, Sunday is not your day. It's God's day. Because Sunday is the first day of the week and the first day of the week belongs to the Lord well we need to go and visit and I've got a stomach ache and I've got hair boy that is dangerous 
Because you've got six other days to do this. Why do I need to come to service? We wheel and deal and our minds get messed up. And pastor needs to bring the word. That will bring a quick word. Energizing word. That will bring light. For my path. And on my journey. As a pilgrim. Tonight. We want to pray a prayer. This church is in a mission. You are on the Tend to your neighbor, say, I may not be a doctor, but I have diagnosed your problem. Say, your situation is all what you're going through, what you experience is about your prophetic destiny. You are on the radar screen of God. He watches you. And he believes you can turn a world upside down. Well, I'm too old. Abraham was a hundred when his ministry started. He became a rascal. Sarah died. He got remarried and he had more children. Far on the other side of a hundred. Well, I'm too young. Samuel, seven years of age maybe. And he heard his name called. He was in the temple. We are in the season where God is calling every available vessel. I called the mayor. And they sent me the deputy mayor. And he thought, I'm going to fight with him. Because he came to my church and gave him a word when he was nothing that he will be in politics. And I said, sir, I don't want to fight with you. I want to tell you I've got an army. Whenever you need me, I've got men and women who are ready to help. He first said, where did you get weapons? I said, I'm not talking about that army. I said, we've got a shield of faith and a sword of the spirit. I said, I'm here to change lives and change the atmosphere. Family, this is what God is raising up. A body of believers that will not take no for an answer. That will do the most impeccable things on the face of the earth. Because we're going to see the three major moves of God. A move of the harvest like we've never seen before. God is preparing us to get ready to be Passionate again. I said on the interview, I said, told them, passion takes the effort out of any process. If you are passionate about something, then everything is easy. Abraham was passionate about God. He went to sacrifice Isaac. He calls it worship. If you're married with somebody and you're not passionate about that person, lovemaking will be a hard work. God's restoring passion because he needs you. He's not going to use the angels, the only messengers. You're the preacher. You've got it. And we need to use it for the kingdom. Now tonight, my mission for this year is 3,000 sinners. We do campaigns, tent meetings uh, on the stadiums. 
and sinners are coming in. But not only to get them saved, to disciple them that we can disciple the world. And church, hearts ease, listen tonight. When I apply the principle, heaven's got a rhythm, a beat, and most people has missed the beat. God wants us to pick up back the beat. Because scripture says we are co-laborers. I'm not working for God. I'm a co-laborer with God. I found out how God is operating and I'm just doing it just like he did it. Then it's easy. But tonight you're calling. If you're in this building to say, Father, I am yielding to my call. I don't know how. You see, when we talk about call, we think it's behind the pulpit. No. You are a greater evangelist. We are here and pastors are here to equip you for the work of the ministry. You reach people. You see people that we will never see, maybe, until you bring them into the kingdom. And if you're here tonight to say, Lord Jesus, I hear the call. Isaiah says, Lord, I cannot. I'm a man of unclean lips. God said, I've already made provision for that excuse. Send an angel with a coal of fire to cleanse him. Because God, believe you can. He wants you to rule as an ambassador, a king, a priest, and a prophet. Because the nations are calling. To change nations on the face of the earth. In this church in Baton Rouge tonight, there's nations here. UK, South Africa, America, maybe already nations here. This is a church for nations. And if you say tonight, Lord Jesus, I hear the call. I'm going to yield to the call. By the grace of God. I want to say, here am I. I know I'm nothing, but with you I am everything. Because you are everything, oh God. And you need everything to make out of nothing something. And when everything, God, you start living out of your wealth on the inside, you will discover, you will heal the sick, cast your demons raise the dead and change atmospheres if you the person will you stand with me right now father I thank you tonight for the awesomeness of your greatness this church is on God's agenda on track with what needs to happen in the nation of America and in every other nation that you connect them with to bring hope Your word declares that you are nobody's debtor and he who gives to the poor. It's the only way how you can lend unto the Lord. But if we say we are gospel people, we need to go. The highways and byways, our Jerusalem, Baton Rouge and the surrounding areas is our Jerusalem tonight. That we first need to impact Jerusalem Before you will send us to the outer parts of the world. Lord we come to you. 
we turn back to our first love because nothing what we ever did could have surprised you. You still loved us. We were created in love and to love. And tonight, here in this church, Holy Spirit, move. Move. Let the fountains open again. Let eyesight be restored to catch the vision of the set man of the house so that we can run with the vision, hallelujah, what God has given him. Because the principle is, Lord, if we are faithful with somebody else's vision, you will raise up people to help us with our vision. And tonight as a church, we commit ourselves to the vision what you have given this house. Because that's God's vision. God's got only one vision. Be fruitful. Multiply. And fill. Satan, you who tries to hinder people not to be fruitful by creating circumstances, I command you to take your hands off. I come against the spirit of fear right now. Fear in the name of Jesus. I command you, take your hands off and go in the name of Jesus. And I release the greatness of the Lord. And Holy Spirit, fill your people with glory and with your presence. Because there's a generation here that needs to reveal, hallelujah, the sons of God on the face of the earth. And that's not a gender thing. And we thank you. For the great honor, Lord, that you believed in us, you redeemed us, you purchased us, and you washed us in your blood. Thank you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's Word into effect. At Heartsea's Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.